Welcome, everyone, to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. This episode is going to be a little different because instead of interviewing a student or college expert, I'm sharing a short talk I gave to a first year seminar about my book, How to Get the Most Out of College. In it, I talk about creating and customizing your college experience and making better decisions every day about where to live, what classes to take, how to get involved, how to explore career paths and more. It's ideas that are useful for students and families and people who work at colleges and universities. Hope you enjoy it. Here goes. I'm really excited to be here to talk about how to create your best college experience. To introduce myself, I want to tell some personal stories, starting with pink trash bags. My grandfather was a garbage man in, in the 50s. And after doing that for a while, he saved up enough to start his own company and buy his own garbage truck. And as a small business owner and as a grandfather, he was, he was always trying to find new and better ways to do things. I think I was like maybe five or six and I was like struggling to uh, open a banana and he flipped it around and showed me that you could actually open a banana from the bottom, not the top. And I was like, but that's how he was. That's how he was with everything. He was always like thinking of a better way. And when he started this garbage company, you know, he was really concerned with two big things, like any small business. You have to have enough cash to operate, to stay in business. And you also have to be really efficient with your time. And so he thought up what I think is, you know, this great idea, because mostly what they were doing is picking up people's trash as you go down a street. And he decided he was going to sell his customers the trash bags in advance. So effectively they were paying for something, you know, a service they hadn't performed yet. So it's like, that's certainly a way to get more cash in the bank and be able to pay your people. And he made the trash bags pink because then, you know, when you're looking down the street, it's very clear whose houses you pick up from and which ones you bypass. And so I always think about that, like, how can I find a better way to do things? I also was so lucky not only to have this amazing grandfather, but an amazing art teacher who taught art pretty much treated us, uh, even though we were in sixth and seventh grade, like we were college students studying architecture. And he did these amazing projects. Mr. Bida was his name. And he would do things like, you know, okay, today's assignment is the fragile span of sovereign space. And you're thinking, what the heck does that mean? I'm in sixth grade. How am I supposed to figure this out? Or bring in a game board and think about the underlying structure of the game and then turn that into a space. And he instilled in me, I think, a creativity and a, a wonder for the world that I hope all of you have that same experience with your professors, with your teachers, looking, you know, always looking for a better way, that curiosity into my own studies. And when I was a student, when I was at MIT, it was great, but there were also some problems to fix. There was a new dean trying to figure out what was working and what wasn't. And I and some of the other folks on student government got together and we did a survey and we talked to students and we interviewed students and we figured out what were the problems, what were some solutions. And we went to the dean and it was amazing because she said, yeah, I agree with all these. Let's do all these. And so we actually doubled the salaries of teaching assistants. We adjusted the schedule grid so we could take classes 
in other departments more easily. And I think most importantly, we celebrated the thesis project as like really this culmination of a year of work, which used to be, you know, you present for half an hour and then it goes away, but we turned it into this real day long celebration. And there was a show after and a reception. We brought in outside critics, outside people. And in an interesting way, that project became my career, talking to students, doing surveys, interviewing people, conducting research, figuring out how to improve student experience. That's what I do every day. And I feel really lucky to, to have done that with now more than a hundred colleges and universities, helping them improve the spaces that students learn and live in, the technology they use, the support services, whether it's in a library or IT or career services you all rely on. And in that work, I've seen how sometimes students may struggle to find a sense of belonging, to feel like you're part of a community, to get the support you need or take advantage of everything that a college offers or make those connections, see those connections between what you're doing in a class and what might be your career. And so that's why I wrote How to Get the Most Out of College to help you all do that and solve for that and to bring this curiosity, this search for a better way, this desire to help students improve their experience right directly into your hands and onto your screens, let's say. And I think to do that, what it means is we have to shift some of our attention. We spend a lot of time thinking about where to go to college, and then we get there and we don't spend as much time thinking about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions you make that really determine your success. And the good news is you don't have to guess at many of these. There's decades of research you can use. And that's what I tried to pull together in my book, not only my experience working with lots and lots of colleges and universities, but hundreds of studies on what helps students succeed. So for instance, maybe you're doing a project for class. If you can make that class project helping a local community group, let's say a local nonprofit, maybe it's your illustration class or your product design class, and you can do it on behalf of a community group. Not only do you make an impact in your community, not only do you make a difference, studies show you actually get hired faster and you get paid more because now you have this, not only this passion, but this portfolio getting involved, whether it's a club, an activity, your campus job, there's also really good research that the students feel that sense of belonging, that feel like you matter, like you're part of something, like you're part of a community, like you're in your own space, you're not in somebody else's space. You're 40% more likely to continue from your first to second year. Or internships. There's lots of great research that students who complete internships are almost twice as likely to be what's called engaged at work after graduation, meaning you find your work meaningful, you're committed to it. You know, you're sort of doing the opposite of quiet quitting, right? You're all in, you're like passionate about what you do and how you do it and who you do it with. Or mentoring, there's great research that students who had someone that encouraged them to pursue their dreams, well, first probably knew them as a person and helped them figure out what their dreams were, then encouraged them. Those students are twice as likely to think their education was worth it, was worth their cost. This is what's in the book. It's lots of advice based on this research, based on the evidence. So you can make the everyday decisions that help you create your best college experience. And that creating 
really means it's a kind of a shift because a lot of times we think about college kind of as a maze or an obstacle course. How do you navigate? How do you get through it? But a lot of those walls are actually of our own making and you can take ownership of your own experience. You can design your own experience. You can create your best experience and design is a key. And I think of design as really having three big ideas, right? You're understanding people, you're thinking holistically to make connections, and you're trying things out and learning along the way as you go. Some things are going to work, some things are not going to work, but you're trying things out and you're learning as you go. So you can use my book, the tips, the tactics, the stories in there as a guide for you to design your own college experience so that you can get the most out of it, so that you can find your place, you can find your people, you can find your path. And it starts with understanding yourself because you're the person you're designing for. You're the person you're trying to create this experience for. It's your values, it's your relationships, it's your passions, your interests, your, your skills. Once you understand a little bit about yourself, you know, that's a lifelong process that doesn't happen all just, you know, your first semester. It happens over the course of your education and your life. Then you can start to think about how to make these connections. You know, maybe a project for one class can be used in another. So then you can go deeper and you can further pursue something you're interested about. Or maybe there's a group that you study with in one class that can help you, you know, in some other way. So you're, you're making connections and you're thinking about different aspects of college. The second part of the book is helping you think about your classes, your relationships, the support services you use, like tech support, writing, tutoring, career, advising, the technology you use, the campus you're in, and on. And then the third section is specific advice for different identities that, of course, intersect and overlap. Maybe you're a first-gen student, an LGBTQ plus student, a student with disabilities, and they're all based on my work with more than 100 colleges and all these different research studies into what helps students succeed. So I want to give you a quick sense of some of these tips. And I think the best way to do it is think about the stories of the students that I talk to. And over the course of my career in the last 20 years, I think I've interviewed about 2,000 students and I still have so much to learn. I interviewed about 20 others to go deeper for the book and hear where maybe they had challenges, what had worked for them and what might work for you. So I think about Eric, for instance, Eric was a student who had served in the military and then gone back to school. So he's a little bit older and he was very conscious of how do I make friends? How do I meet people? How do I find that sense of community? And he found it by camping out in this like scholars lounge, a student lounge for his degree program you know, pretty modest space, a kitchenette, a microwave, couch, a seminar room where they would have workshops. And that's, that was his place. That's where he found himself, found his people. And that's one of the, that's one of the tips in the book is seeking out those spaces where you can find, find your people. He also, as he looked around the campus, he didn't see himself in it in many ways, you know, walking into the library and seeing portraits of people who don't look like him as a student of color. So he got interested in that topic and worked with a professor, group of students actually conduct an equity audit of their campus, pointing out ideas, you know, for the leadership to make improvements, thinking about the spaces and how they're operated and who's represented, who's welcomed. The, the other thing I took away was this careful balance you have to strike in college 
about spending time with people that are similar to you, where you have that common ground. Maybe it's race, religion, politics, geography, age, lived experience, and people that are, that are different from you. And it takes one to do the other, right? You have to find those people you feel safe with, and then you kind of venture out and spend time communicating across difference and learning from and teaching people that are different from you. And this, this tracks actually with the work of sociologist Robert Putnam, who talks about, you know, there's in any group, there's what's called bonding capital, you know, what ties us together in our in-group and then bridging capital, you know, what we use to connect to others who may be different from us. And you need, you, you really need both. And that's something maybe that was in the back of my mind, but like talking to Eric really brought it home. I also talked to a student named Beth, I'll call her Beth, and she was really big on affirmations and what you might hear of as the growth mindset, right? Where you, when you fail, you see that's an opportunity to learn. That's not because you're lacking some skill or you're predetermined, you know, to fail. It's just a chance to learn. Didn't work this time, but maybe it will the next time and you'll get something, you'll get something out of it. So she would have this affirmation. She would tell herself every morning. And it turns out there's real science behind this. Uh, there's a Stanford professor named BJ Fogg who wrote a book called Tiny Habits. And one of the things he learned experiments with hundreds of thousands of people is just saying today is going to be a great day actually makes today much more likely to be a great day. A, a simple affirmation like that, or another trick that's in the book about the growth mindset is the word yet and how powerful that can be. Because you can say, I don't know how to do this. Or you can say, I don't know how to do this yet. And it makes a world of difference because then you're thinking about how you figure out how to do that, who can help you. Beth also talked about how when you're trying to find your people and you're trying to get involved, it's not about fitting in. Fitting in is the wrong expression. It's the wrong approach because then you know, you're changing who you are to be part of something. And really, you want to find a group of people that accepts you for who you are, that doesn't want to change who you are, right? It's not about turning a square peg into a round hole. It's about a group that, you know, that, that accepts and appreciates, appreciates you. And the last point she made, which is also a, a tip in the book, is really understanding and being aware of pressure that might come from your family. She, she was a first-gen student, so every time she talked to her family, it was like her whole family was going to college with her. And that was a lot of extra pressure. It can apply to all students, whether you're first gen or not, that you can get this pressure from your family and you have to remember you're doing it for yourself and your family is there to support you, to advise you. You really have to focus on your own experience. Otherwise that pressure can really be overwhelming. And the last student I'll talk about is one I'll call Fred. Fred made this amazing point about connecting with peer mentors because like I was mentioning spending time with people that are similar to you is great. You know, that helps you feel like you're not alone. You realize, oh, everybody's going through this. Like everybody's struggling to find a friend or everybody's struggling with this class. Turns out this is hard stuff. But, you know, what you also want to connect with people that know more and different things than you. Maybe they're a year ahead of you. Maybe they're peer mentors, peer advisors. They've been through it before. They can give you guidance. So he was very big on, on peer mentors. That's a tip in the book. The other is about using all the support services that colleges provide because there is really so much and so much of it goes unused. People don't talk to their advisor. They don't go to career services. And Fred 
actually didn't go to tutoring initially because he thought you had to pay for it, which is not a crazy thing to think. In high school, tutors are this extra separate thing that you often pay for, but in college it's free. So if you want to work with someone on a difficult class or work through a homework assignment or work on your study skills or figure out how to better organize your time, usually you can get that support for free from your college. So he was very big on that and on getting involved, finding something that maybe ties to a class or your coursework or your identity. For him, it was as a you know Latino engineering student. So he found community through that group. And the point is to put yourself out there, to get involved, to find that community, to find that connection. And so as I think about their stories, I think about the research, I think about my experience, what I've learned, it really comes down to this. You have the right mindset, if you have the right information, the right skills, the right tools, you can design and create your best college experience. One where you're part of a community and you feel supported, one where you uncover and pursue your interests and build the skills you need to succeed in school, in life, in work, and one where your classes connect you to a career path where you'll find meaning, where you'll find value, where you can make an impact, where you can make a difference in your life and in a community. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And check out elliotfelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. Mm-hmm.